at 1-800-BETS-OFF. Matt Nay for the Twins today as they go for a split of their four-game series against the Red Sox. The Twins have signed veteran lefty Dallas Keuchel to a minor league deal. The NBA draft is tonight in Brooklyn with the Spurs expected to select French phenom Victor Wembignana first overall. The Celtics are reportedly acquiring Kristaps Porzingis from the Wizards in a trade that will now send Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies after a deal with the Clippers fell apart last night. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Two Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, uh, until 1 o'clock, bottom of the hour. We'll do a little piece on the uh, NBA draft with Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. Trent's plays of the day, 11-3 this week, 4-1 and one again yesterday. There's a lot of day baseball tonight, very limited slate uh, tonight. I was going to say under the lights, but. Probably don't do as quick as these games are. They don't even have to turn them on anymore. Uh, let's get to David Eicholt. He covers Iowa for HawkeyeInsider.com. They had a recruit announced this morning, and now they're tight end, making their way to tight end you. We'll do that, amongst other stuff, with David Eicholt. Hello, David. Trent and Ken, how are you? Doing well, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's certainly been a busy morning for us at Hawkeye Insider, and obviously with the official visit weekend to this weekend, it's going to Things are just going to continue to sort of crank up a notch. Tell us about the the latest recruit. Yeah, so Michael Burt, our Creighton prep from Omaha, really came down to Iowa versus Nebraska, and he admitted to us he grew up a big, big Nebraska fan, only about 30 minutes outside of Lincoln. But this is a guy that's very physical. He's a really outstanding blocker, really pops on film. His receiving, I still think, needs to continue to work. But I do think if you're going to be in Iowa's system there, I think they're doing something right. And Iowa has a pretty good track record of uh, Omaha tight ends when they end up going there. So Michael Burr, I think it's a really nice addition. He's a guy that sort of blew up late, I think, over the past two months once Iowa offered. I think he got three more Power 5 offers within you wow. know, the next uh, 24 hours or so. So Iowa did a great job on the visit, and I do think it says something that his first visit was to Iowa, then he went to Nebraska the following weekend. He left uncommitted from Nebraska, and then I think Iowa felt pretty good. But this is a really solid get for Iowa. And, uh, yeah, I think once they offered, he moved. I don't want to say the top top of the board, but this is a guy that Abdul Hodge really, really wanted. Speaking of the tight end position, they still are involved with a couple of other prospects. And the one that just intrigues me so much is Eric Carner, but – no more now? I mean, is this kind of dominoes falling? Is this the way that you anticipate this one kind of played out and the full-court press went to Burt after uh, Carner made his decision? I mean, I think so, but I also would point to that Iowa got Burt on campus right away. This is a guy that visited two weeks ago, so I know some people say, was well, he 100% take when you look at Iowa still looking at Gavin Hoffman from Kansas. Iowa wanted Eric Carner. Carner, as you mentioned, just committed to Texas A&M this morning but with Burr officially visiting a couple weeks ago I mean I think he was going to be a take no matter what mm-hmm. had Iowa ended up getting the chance to get Eric Carner and Hoffman I know they only want two tight ends this class so I really don't think they would have said no to anybody interesting David Eicholt uh joins us well let's go back to any any more Trent on on this let's go back to uh uh to yesterday 
You know, I, there's this is such an intriguing group uh, that that's coming in um, from from all corners. I mean, uh, from the Big Ten, from the ACC. But I want to start with Nick Jackson because this I think is a really good get. I, I'm not saying he's going to be Jack Campbell. I don't, and he's not saying he's going to be Jack Campbell. Those are huge shoes to fill. You would anticipate at least. You know, a lot of times you just—it's impossible to play replace a guy of his ilk. Um, I don't think that I think this you may get closer to doing so with Jackson than many people would have thought when they realized that Campbell's time at Iowa is going to be done. He's a really good player, led the ACC in tackles. What uh, what are some of the similarities about uh, about Campbell and Jackson uh, as Jackson gets set to be a Hawkeye? Yeah, Trent and I have talked off the record, but I think Nick Jackson, I don't want to say is an undervalued addition with this transfer portal class, but I just don't think he's gotten as much attention as he deserves. Granted, everybody wanted to see what they were going to do with the offense. But this is a guy that has 352 career tackles, multi-time all-conference linebacker for Virginia, and he's a very respected leader. I think that's the one thing that's really popped when I've talked to people. This is a guy that really set the standard in the Virginia linebacker room and the defense as a whole. And when you talk to him, he just has a very serious business-like demeanor, very similar to Jack Campbell. And remember, he only played in 10 games last season because Virginia cut their season short after the tragedy that happened with their oh, football Oh, right, yeah. He still had over 100, I think it was 110 tackles nearing that. I mean, this guy is a run stopper. He's a little bit shorter than Jack Campbell. Nick Jackson's about 6'1", 235. But I, I was on the 24-7 Sports National doing some video stuff the other day. It will not surprise me, guys, if Nick Jackson is top three in the country in tackles. I, I think with the sort of production that he brings to the table and given Iowa's system is so heavily reliant on their linebackers making those plays, Jackson's going to be a guy that I really think is going to have 120-plus tackles, and I don't think anybody should be surprised by it. And with that defensive line in front of them and the depth that they have created, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to come in and clean it up. Uh, One thing that I I heard from a couple of the media members yesterday that were over there for uh, the in-person interviews, Nick Jackson's not a real big guy. And after Jack Campbell, the (laughs) hulking 6'5", 250 pounds, he's going to be a different look out there in the middle. No doubt, and I think that's what people need to realize, too. I mean, Jack Campbell is a unicorn on a lot of levels, right? Like, yeah. that's a six-five guy who's 250 and had outstanding sideline-to-sideline side speed, and I don't know what scouts said he wasn't athletic. That just makes me question their credibility in the first place. You turn on the film, he pops out. But no, no doubt. I mean, this is a guy that's a lot more, I will say bulkier, but just a lot more stock. I mean, I'm really interested to see how Iowa's going to, I want to say, compensate for it, but they're going to run a lot more 4-2-5 this season, despite not feeling great about the cornerback depth, or if they're going to run a lot more of that traditional 4-3 that we saw basically solely until about five years ago. Uh, Cade McNamara and a bunch of his receivers got together out in California. Love to see that. and uh, The quarterback. Boy, it sure seems, David, uh, and we might have mentioned this before to you, but from the time he walked onto campus, he seemed to take a leadership role almost instantly, which tells you a lot about the player himself. I get it, he's the, the, the position that he plays, but it's not like he just you know snuck into the room and sat in the back corner, right, in the, in the back row. He became a leader from the seemingly the time he got to Iowa City. Yeah, and I asked Kirk Ferentz about this back in the spring, and I think he made an excellent point. I mean, this is not just a normal transfer quarterback. This is a guy who has been in the college football playoff. This is a guy who's won a Big Ten title. Like, his resume is very, very stacked, so... I think right when he walked onto campus, 
I really think people just naturally gravitate toward him. And when you talk to him, I mean, this is a guy that, at least since I've been covering the team in 2018, he has so much swagger at quarterback. Just the, the way he goes about his business, his demeanor, it's very similar, I think, to what Ricky Stanzi and C.J. Beathard were back when they were. And I think that's something that Iowa's offense has desperately needed. So I think when you take into account his resume and all he's done for it, because you mentioned the California trip, Cade McNamara was going to go out there by himself to go work with his quarterback trainer out there, and he approached the swarm about getting some of his receivers out there. So Cade's the one who really, really pushed mm. to get his receivers out there, and Joe Evans and a couple other people as well. So I just think naturally, as you mentioned, he's just the guy that strikes me. He's on a mission. He's, he's not going to say this publicly. But it's going to shock me if he does not want revenge against Michigan in the Big Ten title game. I, I, I just think that's been very apparent by the way he's sort of maneuvered throughout this entire process. Offensive line got an addition, and two of them in the transfer portal. You know, Parker, because it felt like Iowa was searching for a right tackle, maybe got a little bit more of the pub. Interior guys are a little bit hard. And then just that picture of Rusty Feth in his Iowa uniform <laughs> with the tat and the big red beard. Straight out of Game of Thrones. Oh, oh he yeah. is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's a wildling is what he is. Yep. What kind of impact is he going to make to this offensive line in your mind? <laughs> I think he's going to provide stability. I mean, this is a guy who is an all-MAC level performer. I think he really sees the opportunity at Iowa. Um, George Barnett, I really think, is going to have a good year. But the one thing that Iowa sorely needed in the offensive line, guys, it's just stability. And I think when you have multi-year starter, a guy who's had all-conference honors, a guy who's played mm-hmm. center, a guy who's played guard, and I think once you move Colby back into offensive guard as well, I just think that the pieces are there that there needs to be a significant step forward. There is pressure on the offensive line to take a step forward. I'm intrigued what John Parker is going to be able to do because, remember, he didn't get a chance to really practice in spring. He hurt his knee, I think, on the first day of spring practice. Maybe it was the second. And Rusty just got here a couple weeks ago. So I think Rusty's in-game experience is going to provide a lot more stability, and I do think that there are pieces to work with. And and like I said, that's a guy who's straight out Game of Thrones, yep. mountain man. I mean, he's he he fits the look. Let's put it that way. No, in an area of need too. Uh, I I think that you know obviously McNamara is on a, a level by himself, but this might be the most the second most. Well, boy, oh boy, just mentioned linebacker Taylor's pretty good too. Um, you got Caleb Brown as well. Yeah, that's a need too, right? Uh, you know what? For for a guy that uh, does has a reputation of you know not uh, reaching into the transfer portal. <laughs> But they've done this has been out of the norm and much needed on a team that didn't need to fill a lot of holes and in a division for the final year that seems very much winnable. Uh, this these transfers may be the reason this team does get over the top. Absolutely. Now, here's what I've always said too about Kirk Ferentz. People are very frustrated with Kirk. They have been frustrated with Kirk at certain times. Kirk isn't against change. It just takes them a lot longer to change than what people would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Brown, Feth, uh-huh. uh, McNamara, Parker, Jackson. All... It's tough to power rank a man. I've tried my boards asked me about five times. Really? Change it five well, you times. got number one's easy. It's the most important position yeah. in sports. Yep. Then after that, it gets tough. I, I think you can make an argument for pretty much, what, six of the guys? Just because Parker's more a developmental guy, right? I mean, with him missing the spring... What's the hope for him? And and what's the plan on that offensive line? You know, one thing I've heard throughout this summer and talking to a couple of different mm-hmm. people as well, David, Connor Colby, I think he's more beloved outside 
of the fan base that he is inside just because he had those struggles when he bounced out to tackle. He's a guard. People think he can be an all-Big Ten mauler and a guy that's going to be drafted, maybe a fourth-round pick as a guard. Colby, so who is the tackle? What is it on the other side from Richmond? Yeah, I mean, I do like you said, I think people need to realize, like, Connor Colby, I really do think, could have a, I don't want to say a breakout year, but that's a guy who is a legit pro prospect. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of tools to work with. I think he will be able to piece it together this season. But I do think John Parker is going to be a starter. I do think the okay. spring is going to have a significant impact on if he starts right away. But you don't bring in a guy of his size with one year to go. He, he was going to start at Virginia, remember? He committed to Virginia originally. But then Virginia had no offensive line coach for 29 days. So that's when Iowa kept the foot on the gas and flipped him. So I think it's going to be Richmond, Colby, Logan Jones, Rusty Feth, and then Dijon Parker. And then I think you're going to be able to throw in Jennings Dunker at the other guard spot as well. Just sort of rotate him in there as well. So Feth plays right guard. Uh, Colby stays at left guard. Richmond left tackle. Uh, Parker right tackle. And Jones in the middle of the line, right? That's my official prediction not bad. as of right now. Yep. yep. That's not bad. Got to be better than last year. Well, it can't be last much two more. Years. I mean, well, I'll just say I don't know how much more down you can right. go. But. Right. <laughs> well, Hoops. one spot. They're second to last. They go down one spot. <laughs> yes. Iowa Hoops making their way over. They'll take a off-season uh, trip coming up later this summer. With that, four newbies coming in in freshmen, two transfer portal guys. It's going to be a completely different look here. How good can they be? I mean, what what's the best case scenario with this roster? I think a tournament team is probably the best case scenario, but I also think the best thing that could happen is Iowa's freshman clash just gains a bunch of confidence yeah. this year and uses it to push them forward. But I'll say this. I mean, you don't have a lot of headliners in this Iowa basketball class, but talking to people around the program, as of right now, I really do think it's one of the more consistent recruiting classes they have like i like the class they got a lot of people like the class they got brock harding i've been told is an absolute dog Lodgy dembele who now a lot of people know about i'd keep an eye on him i don't know if he's gonna play this season i think he's sort of on that fringe but from what i've been told he's bigger than what tyler cook was when tyler cook got to iowa so he might provide some maybe be an undersized five but very athletic guy very big very strong I'll say a fringe tournament team, but I also think going overseas, great timing for Fran McCaffrey and them because they have a lot of chemistry mm-hmm. that I think they're going to need to gain over the next several months before the season tips off. I think that was a very prudent decision to do just that uh, and to get a little competition before the actual competition gets underway. David Eicholt, uh, HawkeyeInsider.com. David, uh, appreciate you coming on. Anything you'd like to promote before we let you go? Hey, 50% off HawkeyeInsider.com, VIP subscription, our own Sean Box, been absolutely crushing the recruiting coverage. We have previews on everything, recaps on everything. Again, HawkeyeInsider.com, and fellas, I, I always appreciate you uh, you having me on, so thank you. Yep, good to talk to you, David. We'll do it again real soon. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Yep, thank you, David Eicholt, as we uh, check in on Iowa. Uh, good stuff. That's boy, the the, the transfer it made a major impact trend when you really get down to thinking about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Plug and play. There's playing time available. And it didn't seem like it was any, hey, we have to. It felt like they were guys that. I think they got the right guys. They're fits. Mm-hmm. They make sense. It's not just a guy to make a guy. From Caleb Brown to Seth Anderson, a couple of smaller receivers, yep. but. Guys with some speed and mm-hmm. ability to stretch the field. We know McNamara can make plays up the field. Uh, also found out yesterday during the interview with Cade McNamara, he's down to 4% body fat. 
He is gained two miles per hour on his throws now since he went out to work with Palmer out in California. That guy, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You can see that. Mm-hmm. He's not going to wow you athletically. He's not some big scrambler. He can move around. He's better than the statue that they had back there the last three years. But <laughs> it's also the leadership. There's just something about him. You yeah. can see the way people From the time gravitate. he got there. And the way Michigan fans reacted, it wasn't vitriol. It wasn't hatred going to a conference rival, a team you very well could see coming up this season. It was so much wishing him the best. Mm-hmm. We've seen ugly transfers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plenty of them. For Michigan fan, I didn't see one iota of that. It was they are rooting for him to be successful because of what he did. He saved that program. He saved Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah, he did. He did. Harbaugh but, was on his way out. And I still maintain, yeah. if, if I would have played, played Michigan in, in 2020 yeah. and they played Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh would not be the coach. Yeah, perhaps. And then back-to-back playoff years. Uh, perhaps. Boy, uh, Vegas missed on Iowa as far as their win total. I think they that's I a major miss. The schedule is much easier this mm-hmm. year. After the, the roster Pe- is much better this year. After the Penn State game, what's the second most difficult game on that schedule? Uh, at Wisconsin? Yeah, but I don't think Wisconsin... That's the answer. But they're transitioning. I so, right. I, I'm, I'm, Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, very well Maybe. It's either Nebraska or Iowa State. Are the third most difficult game on the schedule. Yeah. That's not a tough schedule. No. Iowa State's quarterback's going to be making a second start of his career. Iowa will be favored by... Double digits in every home game? Let me get it in front of me. Utah State, Western Michigan, of course. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, probably. Yeah. From all the... Yep. Michigan State's down. Smarty yep. lost their quarterback and their yep. best playmaker. Yep, they're down. From a team that was bad last year. Mm-hmm. Purdue, new coach. Uh, Throttled them last year. Yeah. Brom had their number, but they figured mm-hmm. it out a year ago. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, maybe not. That one might be under double digits. But I will be favored. Yes, for sure. Probably six, six and a half, something in that range. Mm-hmm. Rutgers, yeah, double digits. Please. And Illinois, maybe not. We'll see about the Illini. They lost a ton defensively. But That's their last home game, right, yes. Illinois? Yeah. They very well could be favored, certainly by a touchdown in every game yep. at home this year. Yep, yep. Those are all games you should win. Did they sell out all their uh, available seats this year? I mean, this time last year they had, correct? Or very. Cl- I mean, they I did remember. last year. Um. It's gonna be really look. The schedule's not as, as shiny as and it was problem, last year, yeah. but it's gonna be a really good football team. Yes, it is. This is going to be a team that I think w- will deserve criticism if they don't represent the West. Yes. Oh, there's no doubt. Right. Yes. This is ten and two all uh, written all over it. I think. Mm-hmm. If the toughest game is is clearly at Penn State, and that's going to be a bear. Uh-huh. It's going to be a whiteout. Yep. It's going to be. Franklin's going to get them all fired up from two years ago. There's still going to be guys on that team that remember their trip to Kinnick. And, yes. And then afterwards, and what you turned know where into that a game is, story. Uh, right. You know where that game is airing? NBC? CBS. Nope. CBS. CBS. 6.30. Prime time. White CBS. out. Um, poof. 10 and 2. 10 and, and number 7.5. That's the next thing we need to start to see is those adjusted win totals that start to come out. Right. So the win total right now seven and a half, but mm-hmm. hey, I want to take the over at nine and a half. What mm-hmm. kind of price can I get? Can I get three to one? I would. I would take over nine and a half. And three to one? Yes, absolutely. Conversely, I would take under three and a half in Story County. 
and probably that same kind of price range. Same kind of price range. Uh, it's ten twenty. Uh, twenty twenty-five is twelve twenty-five. Uh, Miller and Condon will be joined. Uh, by Kyle Irving, we will talk about the NBA draft trends, plays of the day still to come. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106 points into the game. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circus Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Circus Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit. Get your podcast. Strike! Umpires are in short supply and are greatly needed. Now you can become a youth umpire for baseball and fast pitch with Iowa U-Triple-S-A sports officials and Central Iowa Sports. Be around the game that you love and the greatest part-time opportunity ever where you can make great money. They offer on-field training and no experience required to apply. For more information to get back into the game, go to IAUSO.com. That's IAUSO.com and get back. Please tell them Marv sent you. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 Little Motown. Trent Condon. Yeah. No Wayback Machine. Uh, 12.30, Trends Plays of the Day coming up here in about 20 minutes right now. Let's get to our friend Kyle Irving, who helped us out throughout the entire NBA playoffs for the second straight year. We're grateful for that. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the NBA draft. We'll do a little NBA uh, away from the draft. In fact, let's start there, Kyle. First of all, thank you again for uh, for joining us here today. Uh, a couple, One big name or one name that's seemingly out there for some of the wrong reasons and some of the uh, reasons that um, you know certainly would... Uh, uh, generate a lot of clicks, and that's Zion Williamson, uh, who seemingly, when uh, the ping pong balls went New Orleans way, you could just see the uh, the look of disappointment on his face. Seemingly didn't want to be there. Uh, has he played his way out of New Orleans? If so, where do you think he lands? It sounded for a moment that the Pelicans were going to be willing to part ways with Zion to try and move up and take Scoot Henderson with the number two pick. But from everything I'm reading, it sounds like those talks have died down in recent days. Um, it feels like that was something that, you know, maybe they entertained for a moment there, but it would have been really hard for them to pull the trigger. I mean, obviously, you know, Zion has missed, I think it's like, you know, over 200-something games over the three seasons that he's been in the NBA. Um, you know, he's having trouble staying healthy. But when he is on the floor, it's very clear why he was dubbed as a generational prospect mm-hmm. that he was back in 2019. Um, so, you know, it, it would take a lot of, uh, you know, guts for them to be willing to part ways with him uh, without really seeing what that team could be like when he's healthy and when they're at their full potential. I mean, before he got hurt this year, they were in first place in the Western Conference, and then he missed the rest of the season. So, you know, I don't really see Zion Williamson going anywhere just yet, but the fact that his name was already floating around there makes me think that leash is shorter than we really think it is. Big trade yesterday with uh, Przingis making his I'll way say. to Boston. Is it Boston feeling like they hit a ceiling with this team and they need somebody else in there. I mean, to get rid of Marcus Smart, who was a good soldier, a guy that kind of did whatever they asked. They need scoring, he do it. You need me a point guard, we're going to do it. You need me to be a defender, we can do it. What was it about Boston after all the successes they have had, but not the ultimate prize, that they felt like they had to push this button? Yeah, 
panicked a little bit because they had that deal in place uh, with the three-team trade with the Clippers that would have sent Malcolm Brogdon to L.A., uh, and all they were, all, the only other player they would have had to part ways with is Danilo Gallinari, but that fell apart when Brogdon failed his physical uh, with that arm injury that he was dealing with in the playoffs. They had a mid- midnight deadline to get that done because of Poisingus' contract. He had to pick up his player option to mm. opt in and make that trade happen. And I, I just I wonder if the Celtics, you know, the, the report was already out there. They were excited about Porzingis. Brad Stevens liked Porzingis for a while. He tried to get him when he was in New York. He tried to get him when uh, he was in Dallas uh, to no avail. And I almost think that, you know, they, they were like, all right, well, we have a really good offer on the table here. Let's just push it through. Because in reality, I mean, they traded Marcus Smart and got, you know, a 27-year-old one-time all-star and two first-round picks. That's a pretty great mm-hmm. swing, yeah. but I don't know if they expected to trade the heart and soul of the franchise overnight. It sounds like Marcus Smart had no idea that the trade was going to be coming. They didn't give him any sort of heads up. So, mm. you know, it's a cold world. It's tough. And, uh, you know, being from Boston and following the Celtics as closely as, as I do, uh, <laughs> i got to admit, I was a little bit heartbroken. It felt like I lost a loved one. I <laughs> uh, love the way Smart plays defense, uh, and, he, and he has. He's been members Big 12 days. He was, um, had the... Uh, I guess reputation is uh, a guy, a flopper. Uh, I mean, is is, is um, as much as anything. And he's a hell of a player, but that that'll always go with him. All right, let's so so let's get to the draft. And I, I guess it starts at number two. I want to pick your brain, obviously, on what you see for Chris Murray. But number two seems to be a two-player decision, and depending on who you listen to, uh, it keeps going back and forth. Who will Charlotte take at number two? Sam Strani had just reported that Scoot Henderson is picking up steam as the number two pick. Back to him again. To tell, yeah, here we go again. Yeah. It's hard to tell on the day of the draft what's a smokescreen and what's real because, you know, the Hornets are in a pretty powerful position where a lot of players, a lot of teams would love to have Scoot Henderson. And I'm sure they're fielding a lot of calls to, to try and move up. So I do wonder if they're kind of presenting themselves as, hey, we're taking the guy that everybody wants. Now, you know, call our phone lines and give us the best offers that you have. Um, I feel like I've said it on this on the show before, but I've long believed that Scoot Henderson is the second best prospect in this draft. I'm huge on him. I still feel like he would be the right pick for Charlotte, even though the hit, the fit isn't as seamless alongside the mellow ball. But you know, all that to say, it would not surprise me if the Hornets just went back to what's been you know the report all along, which is they're going to go Brandon Miller. Um, but this is like just a little bit of a smokescreen to see. All right, what's the best offers that we can field for this number two pick if people think we're taking Scoot? What about Chris Murray? We've uh, talked about him a little bit here and his draft prospects. So what do you what do you see from him as a prospect, and how difficult is it for you and I'm going to guess GMs to separate Keegan from his twin brother Chris? <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that one's a righty and one's a lefty helps out a little <laughs> bit. But uh, other than that, I don't know. If, I don't know how, how people tell them apart. They look so much alike. But uh, no, it sounds like Chris is going to end up. Um, you know, his stock is kind of on the rise here. One uh, destination that seems to be popping up a lot over the recent days is the Golden State Warriors at 19. Uh, the Warriors have put it out there that they do not want to take another project. They don't want to deal with another, you know, 18-year-old kid that they're going to have to mm. develop and, you know, maybe find playing time for or maybe not. And they're looking to go older with that number 19 pick. And Chris Murray is someone that would fit in great with what they do. I mean, just someone that can defend multiple positions, space the floor as a shooter, uh, you know, I mean, he can learn from if Draymond Green returns there. He can learn from someone like Draymond Green. That'd be a great grooming situation there. Uh, I really like that fit, but there's also a lot of teams in that mid to late 20s range that I think could use an NBA ready player like Murray. Um, Sacramento, I've said it before. I mean, I, I don't think they would hesitate to pair him 
with Keegan if they had the opportunity, if he were to land in their lap there. I think Portland is another team that would love to have Chris Murray. Um, I mean, if he falls to 25, where the Celtics just got that pick from the Grizzlies, I think he'd be a good fit there, too. So it seems like in a draft that there's a lot of contenders that are looking for upperclassmen. He should be a pretty hot commodity tonight. Uh, Grady Dick um, is, is uh, saw him at Kansas you know, one year. When, when, you, when you watch Grady Dick play, is he Christian Brown? From from last year's Jayhawks team, obviously won a ring uh, with with the Nuggets. Are they the same player? Both shooting guards, both about roughly the same height, right? I think they're six 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 seven somewhere in that range. Are they one and the same as far as players? I, I mean, I loved Christian Brown last year. I think he's awesome, and obviously we saw that in the NBA playoffs. But I mean, Grady Dick is the best shooter in this draft class, in my opinion. Like he is, you know, head and shoulders a better shooter than Christian Brown is. Um, I don't know if he's like as intelligent of a cutter and you know kind of does the intangibles the way that Christian Brown does, but I, I really like Grady Dick. I mean, it kind of surprises me he's not getting more buzz as like a six eight sniper. I mean, the guy can shoot off of the dribble, he can shoot off of screens, uh, he has NBA range already. He's someone that I really like to go in the top ten just because there are a lot of teams in that range that could use a shooter. Orlando's one of them. I think Dallas could use a shooter. Um, you know, so you can never have too much shooting in the NBA, and I really am a big fan of Grady Dick. I'd be shocked if he fell any deeper than, let's say, 12 to Oklahoma City. So who's a prospect that's under the radar that you like? Who's kind of one of your under-the-radar guys that you say, this guy's going to turn into a very good player? People are missing out. Who's the guy that you've evaluated? I'm actually going to go with a player who I've kind of compared to the Christian Brown of this draft class as someone that's going to go in the mid-20s. And that's Colby Jones out of Xavier. Uh, he's just someone that he has all the intangibles. He reminds me of Josh Hart a little bit uh, for the New York Knicks, just a guy who's willing to get gritty. He plays defense. He can kind of mold into whatever a team needs him to be. If you put the ball in his hands, he can be a playmaker. He's improved as a shooter in all three years in college. Uh, he can defend at a high level. He just feels like one of those guys that's willing to do whatever it takes to make a team win and help a team win. And, uh, again, like kind of like I said with Chris Murray, there's a lot of guys that kind of fit that upperclassman mold that contenders are looking for in the back end of the first round. And I think Kobe Jones is someone that I'm going to have my eye on because no matter where he ends up, he can make an impact. Uh, age is such an important factor when it comes to this draft. Uh, I think of uh, the kid from UCLA, Jacquez. Um, should, did, did he cost himself – I mean – He's 22 years old, right? And I think that there was talk that he was going to leave uh, leave UCLA uh, last couple of years. Did he cost himself a boatload of money, or did he do the right thing waiting till this year? I actually think he did the right thing, because he's another name that's kind of been floated that the Warriors really like at 19 there. Uh, the Lakers are another team that's been tied to him as high as 17. I, I, it would shock me if he went that high in the draft, just because I do still think that there are some concerns about his you know, athleticism and love, uh, ability to defend on the perimeter at the next level. Um, but, you know, I mean, I really like him as well. He's someone that can knock down shots. He's a really tough shot maker. He's super physical. Uh, he can guard, you know, guys that are a little bit bigger than him because he has a little bit, you know, uh, more meat on his bones, uh, per se. But, you know, I think that originally it probably surprised people that he stuck around at UCLA as long as he did because it felt like he had kind of reached his ceiling as an NBA draft prospect. But it seems like he's another name that's kind of picking up steam. And, uh, I mean, he got an invite to the green room. And only 24 Wow, players. did he really? Yeah, he did. He ended up... Which surprised, that surprised me as well. Um, but he got an invite to the green room. Only 24 players get an invite. So, you know, it sounds like he's almost of a loss to be a first-round pick tonight. And I don't know if I could have said that about him last year. Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. Kyle, thanks for doing this for us. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for helping us all with the playoffs, as always. We uh, certainly uh, enjoy your contributions. Kyle, have a great off season. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for having me, guys. Good to talk to you. Kyle Irving uh, from the Sporting News. We take one last look at the uh, NBA draft. So you set the number 22, 21 and a half? 21 and a half. 21 and a half. I like the under. You're taking the under. I like the under. Well, you got to have something, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been one of those roles, right? Good God. Oh, man. Yeah. I uh intrigued by the Warriors, though, and obviously the amount of games that the Kings and Warriors would yeah, play. That's, that's a good point. Two teams that are mm-hmm. going to be good. Mm-hmm. That would be very entertaining and leading to my addiction of West Coast basketball. Yeah, I could definitely handle that a little bit. A couple of times a year, being able to watch those games when not a whole lot else is on, I, I could sign up for that. Yeah, give me that. Warriors at, what do you say, 19? Nine, uh, 19, yeah. 19. 19 with the Warriors. Yeah, I've seen him 18 to the Heat. Okay. Um, that's kind of the range, right? I think 18s is probably uh, as quick off the board as I've seen him mm-hmm. in mid-20s. But he's going to be a first-round pick. Unbelievable. Good for him. Good for him. So, as we've talked about, you're struggling to figure out what you're going to watch tonight. NBA draft doesn't do much Nothing. for you. Watch it on Twitter. Or read it on Twitter. Baseball slight is light. It's terrible. I'm trying to talk you into... The late game is Mariners-Yankees at 6.05. <laughs> trying to talk you into watching the College World Series. You say you don't know the guys. Right. Well, the two starting pitchers are going to be top 10 draft picks. Okay. You start right there. So, Paul Skeens, guy that started his career at Air he, Force. And who's he with? He's with LSU. Okay. He'll be coming off his longest start of his career, 124 pitches against Tennessee, Four days rest, it's usually five days rest is the least amount that he has had, but he is dynamic, he's got a goofy mustache, he's really, really good, and he is going to be a top five pick. On the other side, for Wake Forest is Rhett Loader. Loader is going to be a top ten guy, uh, two-time ACC Pitcher of the Year. I mean, that's the pitching matchup. That's mm, pretty good. And they're going to be top ten picks. Yeah. So these are guys that you're going to what hear. What time does that start? 6.37? I want to see it's 6, actually. It's a 6 o'clock start. Let's see here. i got the World Series schedule in front of me. Yeah, 6 o'clock tonight in Omaha. So winner goes on to play for a championship? Plays Florida in a three-gamer. I was going to say, and that's Monday, Tuesday. It used to be Monday, Tuesday. Starts Saturday. Saturday now, yeah. so I've changed the calendar a little bit. Quicker turnaround. And the overall number one pick in the draft very well could be also with LSU and Dylan Cruz, their outfielder, that his slash line is ridiculous. His uh, OPS is over 1,300 this year. I mean, this guy just mm. absolutely mashes. People have talked about him being the best draft prospect since Bryce Harper. Really? That's what people are talking about with Dylan Cruz. He is he is an uber elite guy that is going to go number one. Who's his, who's his dad? Is he one of the Cruz brothers from the... No, they'd be too old for that. I don't think so. I don't know if there's any. Yeah, I don't. I'm thinking about the crews that played for the Astros. So you got three top ten picks going, two pitchers yeah. that are known. The, well, there's nothing else to watch. The consensus number one player coming out, one of the biggest yeah. prospects right. in baseball in a very long time, in Dylan Cruz. Come on, Ken, watch but the But the, the only thing, Trent, that is, and, he, and I had no idea it would spoil me this much. There's no pitch clock. Oh, jeez. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that when we watch the Hawkeyes game, that uh, uh, it, it just jumped. It just it's it's so apparent how, what what uh, Major League Baseball has done by by incorporating a pitch clock. The games move along so much quicker. There is a pitch clock though in college. It was twenty seconds. That maybe is the difference. I don't know. It just seemed like and they don't have it on the screen. Is that what it was? Yeah. It seemed like the Hawkeye game took forever. <laughs> there is a pitch clock though in college baseball, but even that difference between fifteen to twenty seconds is long. Well, I don't know, but I, it seemed I, I, I just noticed what I thought. I guess maybe I didn't. I thought I did notice the difference. All right, I'll. I'm in. I mean, I, I don't care to. I don't care to watch the Mariners and the Yankees. I just got to watch something, right? It's the shakes. <laughs> 
Like you and your betting, I gotta find something to watch. I got, I got swamp people. I'm running out of episodes. Oh really? Well, Getting Sunday night baseball ends at nine o'clock. There's nothing on. How about a movie? Is there no. anything? No? no. Series? Anything you want to get into? Swamp people. Besides swamp people, uh, nothing else gets. In. No, you know what? Was a live PD? Wasn't that one of yours? No, for a while? yeah, it is now. They're, they're on Friday and Saturday on two thirty-eight. Okay. Um, somebody put this on Twitter, and they're one hundred percent right. HBO, what what happened to their Sunday nights? There was always something good on HBO on Sunday nights. A series. Well, it's the off season. I guess it must be right. Yeah. Um, well, succession just came to an end. Yeah. It's usually, and I never got into that. You missed out. Did I? I enjoyed the hell out of it. It mm. was so fun. Hmm. Different. Yep. Not the kind of show that I normally watch. All just despicable characters. Really? And I loved them all to a T. Yeah, got a lot of buzz on Twitter, no doubt about it. Trent's plays of the day are getting a lot of buzz. He's 11-3 this week, another 4-1 day yesterday. 11-3 on the week so far. It's a, it's not a very uh, big slate of games tonight, but he'll pick a couple of them. I'm assuming how many? Two. Two games. That's next. Miller and Condon, Trent's played the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. If you'd like to join us at Circa, we'd love to uh, have you come out there with us. We're going to be out there from the, well, the rooms, the room rate is available from the 8th to the 13th. What does that mean? Um, you get 30% off your room just by booking through the Miller and Condon link, which is pinned on our Twitter page. Uh, you can join the contest if you'd like, the uh, uh, Survivor or the Circa Millions, or just go out and experience Circa. Want to get away this summer? And there's a weekend involved, too. Right, absolutely. It's not like you have to go out there on a Monday, Tuesday. Right. Something like that. This is over the weekend. Starts on Tuesday, the rate, and goes through Saturday night, correct? If you want to go to Bet Bash, if you want to sign up for the contest, if you have questions about the proxy, we can help you out with that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a campaign at Stadium Swim. We're going to have booze at the world world's largest sports book. Mm-hmm. We're going to be there. Going to be a great time. You'll be to bed by about 8.30. I'll stay up a little bit later, and away we go. <laughs> uh, Miller and Condon Twitter page. You can see the details. The sooner you book, the better you're going to get your, uh, the better price you're going to get for your room as they become more scarce. The price goes up. But regardless, it's going to be 30% off your tab uh, by using the Miller and Condon link. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Robert sent you. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. When you're down and troubled. Hi, Miller Cosden. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. I'm just throwing a little music to help out the people that have been feeding me here this week. Yeah, it's you do need well a helping them. hand. Yes, they do. All right, Trent, help them out. Two games you're playing. That's all you've got on the docket uh, here today. Mm-hmm. Who are they? So I'm going to begin this afternoon, and I'm going to go right back to the well again with the Giants. I don't understand. Blake Snell has not been good. Nobody on that staff has. Alex Wood's not been great himself, but the way the Giants are playing, mm-hmm. the way that they've won these games, yep. plus 131. Uh, another play at the plate, by the way, last yes. night. What is going on in baseball? There had to be some kind of edict that was handed out, right? Uh, Major League Baseball had to send out a memo to the umps. I'm, yes. I'm with you. That's the only thing that makes yep. sense. because it's too coincidental. Yes. In a week where all of a sudden, mm-hmm. all the, this confluence of all of these things coming together, it just... Uh, the one, the one last night in San Francisco might have been the worst. It and they, been, they've, been, yeah. they've all been bad. They've all mm-hmm. been bad. Uh, but Sanchez, I mean, what's it, what are these guys supposed to do? All right. There's nothing you can do. If he's running home from third, it's an automatic run. We're almost at that point. Going to get there at some point, aren't we? Yeah. All right, so you're taking the Jinskis. What's the number? Plus 131. You're getting plus money again. Again. 
This has been a profitable week with mm-hmm. the San Francisco Giants. We were playing very well. The other one, we laughed earlier when we saw the price on the Tampa no, Bay Rays. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not taking Kansas City. No. Take the free square. I'm going to lay one and a half. Play the run line. Yep. Still minus 148. But a little easier to swallow a than minus 360 or whatever yeah. it was. So instead of 1.1 units to win one, we're going to bet 1.48 units to win one on that one. So just two plays here. I also have a future, as I told you, on LSU to win the national championship. I think I'm going to light it ride. Are you? I think the price is too good. I got them at 850. I think I'm going to let it ride tonight with the Tigers. Well, uh, they win, they move on, they mm-hmm. lose. You throw your ticket on the I floor. Know. Good stuff. That's going to do it for us here today. Murph and Andy, Murph and Andrew, coming up in five minutes. The Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 to 6, Miller and Con, and 11 to 1, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX.